Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Starting a new series, and uh, we're starting a series. It's called, not real original, but it's called The Gospel, um, Life in Six Words. And as we, as we get into this series, um, I want you to think about um, who is God and what do you think he's like? Um, when I was younger, like I had this picture of God. I, I realized later it was actually you know, more like uh, Zeus. You know? <laughs> but um, you know, I used to picture God as this guy with this like kind of toga on, sitting up in a cloud with this like white flowing beard that had like a quiver full of lightning bolts and he'd like throw it at people and zap people when they screwed up. But I kind of came up with four different ways that people see God. And I want you to see if maybe this is one of the ways that you see God. And the first is you see God as a cosmic vending machine. You know, when I went to, I went to, um, I, I went to uh, Grace Christian, and uh, we had vending machines, and we actually got to have unhealthy food in our vending machines. You know, I, yeah, I see you guys in the vending machines at your school, and it's like you get water, and <laughs> I don't know, like avocados or something. Um, but we actually had, you know, like Cheetos and like, like that kind of stuff, like real food. Um, but sometimes when we think of God, we think of, oh, you know, if I send, a prayer, if I send up a little prayer, you know, I read my Bible every once in a while, maybe he'll help me like, like find a girlfriend, even though I'm the ugliest man on the face of the earth. Like, 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 like that kind of thing. We think of God as like a cosmic vending machine. We do something for God, he does something for us, you know. Um, some people see God as like this, this killjoy rule enforcer. You know who this is, right? Let's say her name. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we think God is like a Karen, you know, and, and, and anytime we mess up, you know, God is all up in our business to make sure that we know that we screwed up um, and, 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 and to, to make us feel terrible about it. You know what I mean by Karen? She's the one that calls the Barbersville police and says, like, I'm here to report there are six teens at Barbersville Park and they're not social distancing. What are you going to do about it? You know, so we think of God as a Karen, someone who's just ready to catch people when they mess up. Sometimes we think of God as just like a homeboy, like somebody we can chill with, you know, and, and the, yeah, the, the God's kind of like passive and like, yeah, he doesn't really care what we do, like, and, you know, he, we can kind of like take or leave him. And sometimes we think of God as like this, like, I call it like the nanny in chief. Have you ever been to Walmart? Well, goodness gracious, we could spend a whole hour talking about Walmart, but we won't, you know, but have you ever been to Walmart and there's this like one, like, like mom or dad who's, they're trying to do like the, like the positive parenting thing. And this kid is just being an absolute, like, he's pretty much like Hitler in a six-year-old body, you know? And he's screaming, and, he, and, and the dad's like, now, Junior, we need to find a more constructive way to express our feelings. Can you come this way? And, and the six-year-old's like, heck no, I'm not coming that, you know? And, and, and like, this guy, I wish you would behave, you know? Yeah. Well, I remember when I was like a teenager, I see that thing going on. I'd be like, you know what? When I'm a dad, I'm going to pick up a tree. I'm going to knock that kid out. I'm going to drag him out of the parking lot, take him home, and teach him never to do that again. And I kind of ended up somewhere in the middle of those two personas now that I'm a parent. Um, so we kind of have these ideas of God, like who is God? And what I want to do, and this is going to be a six-week series over the next six weeks, is to show us, show me and show you through the Bible who God is. And we're going to do that by looking at the gospel. Um, if you've been to church for any period of time, you've probably heard that word, but what does that word mean? That word is a fancy way that Christians use to say the good news about Jesus. So what is the good news about Jesus? If you could boil the gospel, the good news about Jesus, what Christians believe into six words, this is what, it's, this is what it would be. And we're going to talk about one word each week. And it spells out 
gospel. I stole this from somebody. I was like, it's so good, I'm gonna steal it. So I emailed him like, hey, can I steal this from you? He's like, yeah, sure. Um, so this, live in six swords, here's what we're gonna talk about. This is, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what you believe. The first thing you believe is that God created us to be with him. And we're gonna talk about that tonight. We're gonna, be in, we're gonna talk about Adam and Eve. And April's not here. Addison was kind of like, eh, no, you're not, not sure she's feeling well or not. So she's staying home. So I gotta talk about Adam and Eve two naked people, and April's not here to like rein me in. So somebody, somebody needs to take on the responsibility of reining me in if I go too far. I don't know who, John, rein me in if I, if, if I, if I misbehave, okay? Um, so that's what we're gonna talk about tonight is that God created us to be with him. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about how even though God created us to be with him, the next word is our. Our sins separate us from God. Um, the week after that, we're gonna talk about you know, the S word, sin. And sin cannot be removed by good deeds. You can't just, you know, it's not the vending machine thing. You can't just do a little bit and get a little bit. Um, the next is pay, that paying the price for sin. Uh, Jesus died and rose again. Uh, the next week, we're going to learn about how everyone who believes or trusts in him alone has eternal life. And then the final week, we're going to learn now that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So tonight, we're going to talk about the first part of the gospel. And literally, we're going to be going through, over the next six weeks, the whole Bible. I plan to do this in April of 2020. And some of you know what happened in March of 2020 to where we, so we're finally getting around to this. We're going through the whole Bible in six weeks. Um, and what we're going to talk about tonight is how God created us to be with him. And if you have your Bible, open up to, I guess what you'd call page one of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, uh, because that's where we're going to start. I've got verses that are going to be on the screen if you don't have a Bible, but if you do have a Bible, I, I think you'd really, it, it might help you. Uh, you maybe want to underline some things. So in the Bible, the first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1.1 says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that means that in the beginning, God was there. So if God was in the beginning, when was the beginning of God? He doesn't have a beginning. He's eternal. What's so interesting is that every yeah, theorist, every and we're not going to get into philosophy. Yeah, Taylor Swift's kind of the, the, the depth of my yeah, philosophy. Yeah, she's my philosopher. You know, I don't get into all these metaphysics and stuff. But in the beginning, God. So even philosophers and scientists and physicists and metaphysicists, wouldn't you like to one of you, think one of you will grow up and be a metaphysicist? You won't know what you're doing, but it'll sound impressive to everyone. Yeah, you'll be able to walk around like, I'm a metaphysicist. All the smart people, even people who don't believe in God, concede that there has to be an uncaused cause to start yeah, that, that began the universe. So think about chain of events. If I kick this music stand over, a, ver a variety of things happened, right? Sorry, this was George's music stand too. Um, so I kicked the music stand, the music stand fell over, the papers fell off the music stand, right? But there had to be an uncaused cause, and that was me kicking the music stand. Creation, there has to be an uncaused cause. There has to be someone who existed before everything existed, and it was God. And Genesis chapter one, the beginning of Genesis chapter one, talks about how God created the heavens and the earth, how God separated the light from the dark, how God uh, separated the, the water from the land, and how God put plants and vegetation on the land, how God put fish in the sea, how he put birds in the air, all through the, the words of his mouth. And then later in Genesis chapter one, it talks about how God created animals. Think about how infinitely creative God was. 
and is to create something like the ostrich. Like, you know, you know like, you know, you know, who would think that up apart from like some kind of like acid trip or something? Like, like God is infinitely creative. But then in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, and now I'm changing to a lighter palette from my background so I can use more colors when I highlight. So we'll see how this works. In Genesis one, it starts with, a wor- with this word, then. This signifies a shift. God was creating animals and plants and all this stuff, but it says then, meaning, okay, this is something specific and this is something significant. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the heavens and over the livestock and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Some of you know creeps. Some of you used to date creeps. Of everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them and blessed them. So the first thing that we learn when we're talking about how God created us to be with him is that God created us to be like him. Would you look back in your Bible and look what, look what God says. He says, let, I'm gonna switch colors here. Let us make man in what? In our image after our likeness. Do you see what, what, what God did here? God created bears and he created them to go, you know. God created the ostriches and I don't even know what sound an ostrich makes. Does an ostrich make a sound? Yeah, God created ostriches to make whatever sound they make. But when God stopped to create mankind or womankind, however you want to say it, um, he said, let's do this different. He made man, human, humans in his image. So how is it that we reflect God's image as people and animals don't? Well, we have rationality. You know, monkeys can't do math, even though they're cute. They don't do math. They don't, have ra- they don't think rational thoughts. They throw their poop at each other. They don't think rationally. God gave humans a rational brain to be able to think ahead and to be able to plan and to be able to figure things out, to be able to do math. Some of you are still waiting to be able to do that. You know, you're, you, you got your, you, you're at that math where you got your letters mixed with the numbers now and it's getting really confusing. But God gave you that, ra- it's in there. You know, you'll get to it. God gave you that rational mind. God gave us a sense of morality. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a deer hunter and, you know, I, I, I try to shoot big bucks. I like big bucks and I cannot lie. And the best way to find a big buck, any hunters in here? We've got a few hunters in here, I think. Yeah. Um, is, is, is if, you, if you find a doe, watch, because there's going to be a buck hanging around it. Um, and that buck doesn't have any sense of morality. You know, he just wants to uh, breed with that doe and then never see her again for the rest of his life. He has no morality, right? Um, so, so God created us to, yeah, aardvarks know, don't know right from wrong, but God gave us a, a sense of morality. He, we, we have the ability to discern right from wrong. God gave us um, socio, social understanding. We can, have com, we can have complex social relationships. Animals can't have complex, llamas can't have complex social relationships, but we have social relationships. And some of you have been in social relationships that are very complex in a bad way, but it's in a good way. Look at this, and God is, I'm going to find a new color here. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. If God is, ah, if God is one person, why is he saying our? 
likeness and let us make man in our likeness is because God is one in three persons. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they live together three in one in a perfect relationship. And that's how when Jesus in John chapter 17, he prayed that we as Christians would be, would, would be unified. He said, Jesus said, Father, make them one as we are one. So, so God exists in a relationship. So we were created to first yeah, have a relationship with God, but also to have human relationships that thrive. And then he made us spiritual like him. God is eternal. Remember, God's the uncaused cause. God gave us an eternal soul. One day, your body's gonna get old. You're gonna walk with a cane. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna start talking like this. You ever, you ever hear an old person that talks like this and wonder when they started talking like that? Like, <laughs> like were, were they a teenager and like, hey, Shani, you know? Like, like, but one day, you're gonna talk like an old person. You're gonna walk like an old person. And then yeah, if the Lord doesn't come back one day, you're body is going to shut down, but your soul will never shut down. God put an eternal soul in you. And God didn't just create us in his image. There's something else that's interesting in here. It said God created us in his own image. There it is again, red. Ah, that's pink, red. He created us, it says he created him male and female he created them. So God created guys in his image with those attributes that we talked about. And God created girls in his image with those attributes that he talks about. And, and that helps us understand the way that God created us to be like him. There, there's one group of people that's, I guess you could call them on the left side, would, that would say that, that there's no such thing as guys and girls. And it's all just this social like construct. And you can, like, I guess, be whatever you want to be. It says God created them, what? In his image, male and female. But then there's maybe, I guess you could say people on the right side that says, well, you know, God made man first, so guys need to always be in charge, and you know, they need to be the, the, the ones that, you know, that make all the decisions. But you notice that it says God created male in his image and in female in his image. Equality, different but equal, complementary, but equal. So God created us to be like him. The next thing that we learn as we read is that God created us to be with him. Here's where it's gonna get interesting. So keep turning in your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter two. Genesis one is this like big long story. You're like God created this, God made this, God made this, God made that, God made this, God made that, God made humans. Then Genesis two is like, Hold on, let me talk a little bit about how exactly God made humans. You know, kind of like that stop, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. So Genesis chapter 2, it says, When no bush of the field yet was in the land, no plant had sprung up, a mist was coming up going over the land, then the Lord formed, so here we see God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. And God created people in this relationship with God, and it was the perfect environment for people to live. You know, it's sad, but we talk about 2020, and I guess now we're getting, even getting into 2021. Like, not a good time to be a human, sometimes we think, right? You know, like, like we're not exactly, we don't feel like we're thriving. Well, God, when he created 
the first humans, Adam and Eve, he put them in a, in a place where they had a relationship with each other, they had a relationship with him, and they were thriving. It was the perfect place to be was in a relationship with God. Look, look, at, some of these, look at some of these cool things that they got to experience. The first is, it says, there is no bush of the field and no small plant of the field. And what, what does that mean? Well, what that means is this. If there were no, if you look up the words, um, and I, I don't, I, I, I'm terrible at pronouncing he, Hebrew words, um, but, but um, the word syak, what that means is like thorn bushes. Have you ever been in the woods and you just like walk right into a thorn bush and you get all scraped up? You know, there were no thorns and the small plant of the field means it was like, like, like crops that people plant and they have to work for. Do any of y'all have a garden at your house and you have to like tend the garden and weed the garden? It's not fun. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, you have to tend the garden and you have to weed the garden. There was none of that. You, all of the plants were awesome. So like when Adam was walking in the garden where God created him, there was no like crabgrass. It was all like that plush, like manicured, like green briar lawn, you know? And, but that's not just it. In verse nine, it says, out of the ground God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So Adam didn't have to like plant a garden. God's just like, I'm gonna put these, these trees in here, these bushes in here, this and that. And it's just gonna produce like beautiful foliage and awesome food to eat. And you don't have to work a day in your life to get any of that kind of stuff. I like this one. In verse six, it, said, it says that it had not, God had not caused it to rain on the land yet. So there were no rainy days. I hate rainy days. I'm a sunshine, sunshiny day, everybody's laughing. Yeah, I love the sunshine, I hate rain. No rainy days. Um, in verse nine, look at verse nine. It says um, that, that, that the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, so there's no death. If you keep reading, it says that <laughs> there were beautiful like, like rocks in, in the, there's like um, yeah, onyx stone and all these like beauty. It was just the most beautiful garden. And he put Adam and Eve in that garden and put them in the perfect scenario. They were in a relationship with God. It says that God would walk and talk with them in the cool of the evening. So every day, they would hang out with God. It's pretty awesome. They existed in this relationship with God. That's what God created us for. And when we're in a relationship with God, it answers the three most important questions that everybody asks and keep on asking. And I submit to you that as teenagers, you ask these questions more often than anybody else does. A relationship with God answers these three questions. The first question is, who am I? And we see the answer to this question in Genesis 2-7. Um, it, it says that the Lord formed the man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So the who am I? I'm created by God. Adam never had to wonder who he was. God gave him a name. God put his breath into his lungs. And Adam never had to wonder what his identity was. But we struggle with our identity. Some of us try to be identified by what we wear. You're, you're probably gonna laugh, but when I was a teenager, I went through a stage where I tried to dress like kind of like ghetto. Um, and I wore the baggy shorts. I wore my hat sideways. You know, I was like, West Side? You know, not really, but it was almost that bad. And uh, because I was trying to create this identity for myself. And I was trying to figure out who I was. And then very quickly, I went from that to country. And I'd listen to Kenny Chesney, talking, singing about tractors and that kind of stuff. And, and so I started wearing boots, flannel. 
And I was trying to, I kept reinventing myself and reinventing myself. And you do that too, don't you? You, know, you? you try to figure out what your identity is and you're still trying to figure out. So some of you, you know, you've got an Instagram for your, for your sports. So you've got an Instagram for your arts and you have an Instagram that your parents can see and you have an Instagram that like your close friends can see. And each of those is these like perfectly manicured personas because you're trying to get at that question that everybody's asking. And it's the question, who am I? God answered that question for Adam. He says, you are created by me. Adam probably didn't have any mirrors to look at in the Garden of Eden, but maybe when he looked in the water, <laughs> you know, and he saw his reflection, and he saw a big old zit like the size of Mount Vesuvius and was trying to pop it, pollute the water by popping a zit into the, the, the river. Um, but he didn't have to wonder, he, he didn't have to question his identity because he knew that God made him. And we have to remember that we're made by God too. The next question that we ask often is, why am I here? You know, why did God put me here? And you really have, you know, why did God put me in this crazy, weird family? Why did God put me in, you know, Barbersville, middle of nowhere, West Virginia? Why did God put me in 2021 when people are like going nuts? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Adam didn't have to wonder what his purpose was because it says, you know, we, we learn actually several things. In, in Genesis chapter one, verse 27, it says that uh, God, gave him a, uh, God gave him dominion. Verse 26, it says, God gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the heavens, and over the livestock. So Adam's, God, God gave Adam this job. He said, run the world. And there's no like bad things to do. It's not work. Just enjoy my creation. That was Adam's first job. Second job, it says in verse 28, he said, God bless them. It said, be fruitful and multiply. God made a soulmate for Adam, put him in paradise and said, go make babies. So God's given Adam a, a purpose, right? And then in, in, ver, in, in chapter two, verse, uh, verse number 19, it says that God formed every beast out of the ground and he brought those beasts, you see it on the screen, to the man, um, to name them. And the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the heaven. You ever wonder how, why Adam named the animals the way they did? I, I found some alternate animal names that I think Adam should have used. Raccoon is a trash panda. I'm not going to say that one. Fart squirrel. Danger water cow. Duck puppy. Danger noodle, <laughs> formal chicken, and here, here's my favorite one, the freedom glider. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what if, yeah, but, but God gave Adam a purpose, right? Adam's purpose was to manage God's creation, to come up with awesome names for awesome animals, to love his wife and be intimate with his wife and to make babies, like the greatest job ever. He had a purpose, and we wonder, what's, the pur what's my purpose in life? And, and, and sometimes you find purpose in academics. You know, sometimes you find purpose in, like, in, in sports and competing. You find purpose in, in, in arts. You find purpose in like doing something or being something. But 2020 and even into 2021, we're realizing some of the things that we found purpose in, we, it's hard to find purpose anymore because for the first time, you're struggling being a straight-A student because you're, you're, you're like a digital forensic um, 
detective trying to find your work assignments on Schoology. And you know, you know, some of you that you found all your purpose in, in playing sports, now you, you, your season's canceled or your season's postponed. And, and what, what's, my, what's my purpose? God gave Adam a purpose and that purpose was found in a relationship with God. And your purpose can be found in a relationship with God, whether your season's canceled, whether your academics are good, whether your academics are bad, and whether you know what you want to do with the rest of your life or not, you can find purpose in a relationship with God. And the final question is who am I going with? And here, April's probably live streaming, so maybe she'll send me a text if I go too far on this one. But who am I going with? One of the, yeah, who, who am I? What's my identity? Which Instagram am I associating with today? Yeah, why am I here? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And who am I going with? Yeah, one of the things that's the most important to us are the people that we surround ourselves with. And in a relationship with God, Adam found and had and was provided the perfect relationship. So let's go back to Genesis 2 and let's, 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 let's see, see what happens here. It says, the Lord said, it's not good that a man should be alone. We were created for relationships, and out of that relationship with God, God created relationships with other people, friendships, romantic relationships. I will make him a helper fit for him. Then it goes down, and it says, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. It's not hard to put guys to sleep, you know, a little bit of food, lazy boy, sleep. So it probably wasn't very hard for God to do that, not hard for God to do anything. While he slept, he took one of the ribs and closed up his place with flesh, so he Stole, he took one of Adam's ribs. <laughs> and he says, in the rib that God had taken from the man, verse 26, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Verse 23, the man said, this, this at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So God handcrafted Adam a wife. Adam had it way too easy, didn't he? You know, yeah, I, know, I thought I'd never get a date and I thought I'd never get married because I was one of those guys, maybe you're like one of these guys who's super awkward talking to girls. Like, so I thought, well, if, I, if I'm awkward talking to girls, I'll just be ridiculous talking to girls. You know, I'll just say the most outlandish and ridiculous things and they didn't like that. You know, so, so I thought, I, yeah, I'd never find someone. And maybe you feel like that too. Wouldn't it be awesome to be Adam and God's just like, I'll put you to sleep. I'll take one of your ribs. I'll turn it into the perfect soulmate for you and you guys will be happy together forever. That's what out of, the, out of that, Adam's relationship with God, God provided Adam a meaningful relationship with another human being. And then in verse 25, it says, And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Meaning they, they had an intimate relationship. So, all that to say, out of this relationship with God that Adam had with God, God gave him an identity. Who am I? God gave him a purpose. Why am I here? And God gave him a relationship. Who am I going with? God created us to be with him, and when we are in a relationship with God, the three most important questions that we'll ever have to answer in our life are answered through that relationship with God. Does that make sense? But you may think, well, Matt, right now, yeah, everybody struggles with their identity, right? Everybody got all the Instagram accounts and everybody's trying to, trying to change their persona just about every day. Everybody's trying to find purpose. And Let's not even talk about, you know, relationships. You know, you're kissing frogs and hoping they turn into princes. So, like, like, what happened? 
Well, we're going to talk about that next week, but long story short, sin entered the world. And sin separated us from God. And that's why we have a lot of people walking around that are trying to figure out who they are and they are failing. And we see when other people are failing. <laughs> we're like, oh my goodness, you know, like, like, like how many times are you going to change? Like how many times are you going to... We see people who have no purpose and we see people like who are de- definitely failing in romantic relationships. We see people on social media that are just failing in like human relationships in general right now. What happened? Sin entered the world. God made us to be in a relationship with him. But sin entered the world. But here's the good news that we're gonna end on tonight. God created a way for us to be reunited with him. We don't have time to talk about it tonight, but there was a tree in that Garden of Eden that God created Adam and Eve. It's called the tree of life. And when Adam and Eve would eat from that, they would live forever and they would eat from that and they would eat from that. But when sin entered the world, it caused them to be spiritually dead. But Jesus, just like the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden, 1 Peter 2, 24 says this, that Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, the tree of death, so that we could have life, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18 says that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled to us, means restored the relationship with himself. So even though God created us to be in a relationship with him, that answers all those questions that we have in life. And our sin separated us from God through Jesus when he died on the cross for our sins. He made a way for us to be back in a relationship with God and to have all those questions answered. Who am I? When you put your faith in Jesus, you're a child of God. You're adopted into his family. You have the Holy Spirit living inside you. Your sins are forgiven. You have an eternal home in heaven. You know who you are when you're in a relationship with God through Christ. What's my purpose? Your purpose is to connect with God every day and share the gospel with others. He's given us the great commission. He gives us a purpose. And, 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 and who am I going with? God, through the Bible, gives us a plan not only for romantic relationships. The Bible's full of dating, relationship, marriage advice, and we always get to that around prom season. But it's also God created through Jesus a way for us to have relationships with, with, with friends and, and relatives and brothers and sisters in Christ to where we can grow together. So all that to say, God created us to be with him. So what should we do? How should we respond to this? I got three A words. Write them down quick because we don't have much time. The first is admit your need. Admit that you don't have the answers to those questions. Apart from Jesus, you can't answer the question, why, who am I? You can't answer the question, why am I here? And you can't answer the question, who am I going with? And the sooner you admit that, the sooner you can, you can find who you are in Jesus and you can find your purpose in Jesus and Jesus can restore that relationship with God and others for you. The next is abide with Jesus. You say, Matt, why are we talking about the gospel when it's full of church kids? It's because here's what I learned when I was a teenager and I'm still learning, is it just because I'm saved, just because I know the gospel, doesn't mean I live the gospel every day. You know, there are days where I wake up and I still struggle with those three questions. I still struggle with who I am. I still struggle with what my purpose is. And I still struggle with my (laughs) human relationships. We need to not just believe the gospel, we need to abide, we need to stay in the gospel. And the final thing is we need to advance the gospel. I'm running out of time tonight, so I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. But I wanna share with you three things that we're gonna be doing to advance the gospel over the next few weeks. The first is we're going to be filming. We, our digital clothing pantry is ready 
almost ready to go. All we need to do is work it. Um, Mark's back there. Wave at us, Mark. Mark has a crew of you guys, a crew of teenagers, and they created this digital clothing pantry website to where we can take all of our clothes that we're going to offer to, um, to, to people, teens in the community that are in need, and they're going to be able to go onto the website and reserve those clothes, see pictures of them, and then pick them up at the school counselor's office on Fridays. Now, what we need to do, though, is there's a couple things we need to do. The first thing that we need to do is at the end of that video, at the end of that website, when they get their clothes, we want to have a gospel presentation video where we share the reason behind what we're doing. And instead of this you know, chubby old guy on the video, I think it would be much more effective if there were teenagers sharing the gospel with other teenagers. So on January 20th and two Wednesdays, we're gonna be filming that video before refuel. And some of you have talked to me about being a part of that video. You, you don't even have to know what to say. You're gonna be reading it off like a, a script, so it's gonna be super easy. But if, you, if you're gonna be part of that video, I, and I know several of you have talked to me about it, I need to talk to you tonight so I can know to plan for you. The next thing that we're gonna be doing is January 27th, it's a Friday night, um, we're gonna be taking pictures of all those clothes and uploading it to our, to our website. Um, Mark has it set up to where it's pretty sweet. We can take pictures with our phone and upload them. Um, but we have a lot of clothing items. Those of you that have been down there, we have, we have a lot of clothing items to upload. So we're gonna have like a little party uploading those um, and, and packing backpacks. The final thing is February 3rd, we're going to plan to have a night where we all invite someone we know that's not in church or that needs to hear about Jesus to come, and we're going to share the gospel um, at Refuel. So this is what we're all about for the next six weeks. We're all about the gospel. We're all about what God's doing. Uh, um, is the 29th or is the 29th? 29th. Sorry. Hey, I got my pen here, so I think I can correct it. Look at that. Yes. Kate is correct. Thank you, Kate. Um, so January 29th. Um, so we're going to pray. We're going to get out of here. Um, who are we putting in the middle tonight? Let's put Mikey in the middle tonight. Get up here, Mikey. Come on up. So we're going to pray for Mikey once I figure out this mask. So we're going to put the mask on. So um, we're going to pray. We're going to wrap it up as I pray for, for Mikey. So let's all bow our heads and, and pray together. Oh God, thank you for bringing Mikey to our group. Uh, thank you for just, he, he brings so much energy. And he's always so excited when he's here. And, and God, you tell us that, um, that that's, that's part of believing in you, um, that we have to have that like kind of childlike faith. And I, 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 I see that in, in Mikey. And um, I'm so glad that he's a part of our group. I pray that as he's, he's adjusting to virtual school and then probably going back to school and, and just all the ups and downs, um, that, that, that you'll give him peace. Um, that you'll work in his family life and that you'll work in his, his life personally, um, that he'll, he'll want to know more about you and that he'll grow in you. Um, I pray that as we leave, you'll keep us all safe. Thank you that we get to do this in the middle of these challenging times. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.